Education. It's a wild and wacky world that seems to be constantly changing. While we don't have all the answers, we try to have fun finding them. This is the Academia Nuts Podcast. Welcome to the Academia Nuts Podcast. We're here in sunny Asheboro, North Carolina at Randolph Community College. Trapped in the zombie closet with a bunch of audio equipment. So uh, hopefully we'll be presenting something mildly interesting and entertaining. I'm Chris Julian, Director of Marketing at RCC, designated court jester and sole Y chromosome in my department. Uh, Next to me is Felicia Barlow, Marketing Specialist, Mother to All, and Scrappy Contender in the next Kickboxing Beast World Championship. What's up, Felicia? Wow, what's up? That is quite an intro. Yeah, man. We also have our intern and ever-youthful yodeler, Sydney Bartholow, with a student perspective. I like to call her Sid, not so vicious. What's up, Sydney? Peace. And finally, our special guest today is Isai Robledo, Director of Educational Partnerships and Initiatives at RCC. Isai, welcome. Hey, Chris. I feel a little let down. I didn't get the intro like Felicia did. Oh, don't you worry. We'll run you through the ringer here in a little bit. All right. So Felicia, she currently scans the interwebs for all manner of news and stories that are worth sharing in a segment we like to call, in a nutshell... All right, so I found this one pretty interesting. Uh, it is from um, it's from GettingSmart.com, and it was the top higher education learning trends to look for in 2017. I, I found them a little interesting because they're not necessarily what you might think. The first one, personalization. Makes sense. I know if I go shopping, for instance, I want to feel like I am being taken care of, that it is a personalized experience for me. And that's kind of what the deal is, is that if, if we can make it more of a personal experience for our students, it will help not only with uh, attracting future students, but also retaining them. And again, when you think about it, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And with personalization, I kind of like the, I mean, it, you've kind of seen this throughout history with, with educational, like uh, charter schools now and things like that, where people are taking more of an interest in self-paced learning and being able to um, to take your classes anytime you want, whether it's night classes or, or, or you know, early morning things. So it, it kind of made sense to me. What do you guys think? I think that makes a lot of sense. If you think about it, uh, we as consumers, we kind of thrive on the ability to personalize and customize almost everything right. like from the menus at restaurants. Like you can mm-hmm. customize your, uh, your ice cream. I mean, you name it. So when it comes to education, I mean, you kind of have that second nature already where you want it tailored specifically to you. Um, and that's why, like, you, like Chris mentioned, you've seen like the charter schools, the online schools where people can kind of like basically say, this is what I want. What's the right fit for me? Absolutely. Yeah. That, that helps a lot. Like, especially for me, um, it's really important to be able to know what is going to help me learn best and benefit me the most because everybody learns differently. And it's like just having types of education that are personalized has helped me personally a whole lot. And plus you stay up to like four o'clock in the morning too. So All that helps you out um, yeah. being able to study late at night. I oh know. yeah. yeah. Class 3 a.m. Yeah. No well, you're all about that, aren't you? <laughs> What were some of the other uh, other topics? Please. Okay, so the next one is micro-learning. Concept of delivering content to learners in small, specific bursts over time or just when needed. So let's say you've got a traditional one-hour class. Why not break that up into five or ten-minute video segments 
so that the student can go to it at their convenience and learn at their own pace. That's just kind of one idea, but again, it goes back to the personalization. Not everybody learns the same way. We know that. Mm -hmm. uh, and for some, these, this micro-learning, I think, would be quite beneficial. I like that because it was kind of like uh, attention deficit disorder. I've, I've pretty much come to accept this in, in my old age and Sydney's pointing to herself too. But to be able to take it, like they said, take a one hour uh, lecture and cut that down into five to 10 minute you know, videos to chunks. Then they said it helps the retention level be a little bit better. You'd be able to remember things, you know, from that. And then also uh, keeps me awake. What do you think about that, Sydney? Um, Personally, I can't focus on anything for more than like five seconds. So that kind of stuff is really good. I've had like math classes where my the little math videos were like five minutes, two minutes, three minutes. And those were pretty helpful to me. I'd probably fall asleep if it were longer. So I think that is a good approach and that a lot of people could probably benefit from that. If they're anything like me, <laughs> yeah. You say how you feel about that? Are you more of the uh, traditionalist? You like the one hour long lecture hall kind of series where you can sit there and the guy can drone on for hours? And Not stuff. at all. Not I, at all. Oh. I too am uh, self diagnosed with ADD. <laughs> so oh sweet! When it comes to the uh, the extended uh, sessions like yeah. that, I'm. Not, not as big of a fan of. I, I tend to lose, uh, lose focus. Man, and you, you hide it well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's funny because I was just talking to one of my high school students about kind of something very similar not too long ago. I was asking a young lady about how she was doing in her classes. It was an online class. So There's a lot of videos posted. And she told me that one of the hardest things for her were watching some of those 10-minute videos that professors uh, upload on the Moodle sites. And she mm -hmm. said, I'm so used to... 10 second Snapchat videos that anything beyond that is just seems like it's dragging on forever. So I hadn't thought about like this younger, like this next generation. Uh, I mean, I thought my attention span was short, but this <laughs> is even shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So apparently, uh, Felicia, you are outnumbered with the ADD population. You are the only one that actually does not have ADD in this uh, podcast. Well, I, I may not actually have it, but I can still appreciate this learning style. And I was going to add on to what Isai said as far as having the, the Snapchat, uh, everything it needs to be quick and when you want it. And that has changed a lot over the years. And so I can definitely see why a student may say that, that 10 minutes, that seems like an eternity when you're used to Snapchats that are literally seconds. And again, it goes back to finding that style that works for you. And I think that at least it's giving some some folks some versatility. Sure. All right. How about that third topic under this article? All right. Third one. High velocity learning. Oh. What do you guys think that is? That one kind of confused me at first until I started reading about yeah, it. I was I like, agree. man, what is that? I got to get in a, a wind tunnel and uh, yeah, it and, sounds pretty extreme. <laughs> put on my uh, my right. my squirrel glider suit and go. <laughs> Touring across the country in my high velocity <laughs> learning. Um, and, you know, I kind of like this in that it's, it's, it's exactly the way I like to learn. It's hands on, it's simulation, it's, you know, actually getting your hands dirty and doing something. I think they made reference to uh, engage a student in war game simulations and role playing. Whenever I would be a mentor for students in college or high school or wherever it was, you know, I learned so much more by actually doing and hands-on and getting into the work and figuring out the work than I did, you know, a lot of times in lectures. Even though the lecture lays the basis down for what you need, um, it's no no substitute for whenever you actually get out there and, and learn hands-on. I totally agree. And uh, going back to what Lewis Duncan, the, the provost, said, his quote, 
Education is becoming more like the smartphone or the laptop, not something you buy and expect to last for the next few decades. But that's not the way we teach. Sure, it needs to change. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in that, oh, well, it's always been done this way, so we have to continue to do it that way. Well, no, you don't. You can change, but a lot of times it takes initiative, and sometimes that can be a daunting process. And we have a lot of hands-on learning here, Mm -hmm. uh, and that bodes well for a lot of students who have trouble sitting for hours, sitting still, and they lose track and they lose focus. Getting them up and getting them involved is very good for them. You don't ever have that problem, you say, do you? you Not at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think, Sydney? Hands-on or book smart? <laughs> what do you think? Oh, no. I, know. I know the answer uh, <laughs> to this. I never ask a question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it goes along with like the can't sit still, can't focus mm-hmm. on anything for more than five seconds. Um, I definitely like to be hands-on. Also, I'm like visual. So I know, and I know a lot of other people, especially like people in the fields of like design, art, that kind of stuff, very visual. They like to see, feel, touch Mm-hmm. things so that they can understand it better than reading about it or having someone talk about it. Oh, wait a minute. We can't leave off this last yeah, one. Yeah, there is one. <laughs> this last one I'm very excited about. And I don't have a lot of experience with it, but it is certainly becoming more of a uh, trendy topic. It's virtual reality. And I get it. You can take yourself to a whole other land and actually see what you're learning about. But that goes into a lot of technology, which of course costs a lot of money that may not be readily accessible to a lot of schools and therefore a lot of students. I love virtual reality. Have you ever experienced, have you ever used it? Oh yeah. Have you? Yeah. I, um, I demoed this thing once. Um, I don't remember what it's called at, uh, like Best Buy and it was this art program or art, uh, some kind of, I don't know, whatever. Um, where that was you very informative. Ha- <laughs> where you have the virtual reality glasses, you have like a your hand is like a paintbrush, okay, and you can like create, build things around you with the paintbrush, um, and it was wild. But I mean, that's kind of more like a like a fun thing. But I feel like as far as like learning goes, especially for like interior design students, graphic design students who are trying to design things who are like very visual or like to be in experiencing things. Virtual reality would like change the game. Probably mm-hmm. everybody would be like ten levels higher than what they are now. I feel like because it's just such a. I mean, you're literally immersed in it. Yeah. Virtually. <laughs> Wait, like virtual reality, right? <gasps> a great name. We ought to call it that. <laughs> I am. I am so excited about this. I mean, that to me is like the pinnacle of learning experience, right there. To be able to say, "All right, we're going to learn about the Sahara Desert." And then all of a sudden you put on the goggles, you're in the Sahara Desert, you're, you're experiencing it. Maybe you don't get the full sensation, you don't feel the heat, you don't feel the uh, the sand blasting, yeah, whew, blasting against you. But you get that awesome, awesome visual, 360 degree panoramic all around the place. So man, that I'm so excited about that. And the great thing is, is that the costs are coming down. You know, Google's offering up some, uh, the Google Cardboard has reduced the costs in it. Um, and like you said, there's that Best Buy now, there's different applications. And I think it's going to kind of tap into all these three or four areas that we've been talking about. It's going to give you opportunities to to integrate virtual reality into all these, into the microbursts, into the uh, the high-velocity learning, and into the uh, self-paced stuff. So cool. 
as far as like the the consistent theme within the, the article, the personalization, the micro learning, virtual reality, high velocity learning, I think as as institutions, as educators, we have to kind of adapt and allow people to to personalize and to tailor their education to themselves. Uh, because if you don't, you're not really properly serving your your, your clientele, your students, and and if that's the case, then uh, to use a famous song lyric, then the students are going to feel like they're just another brick in the wall. Ooh, Pink nice. Floyd, nice. <laughs> Dropping some pop culture knowledge <laughs> on our audience now. Great. Well, cool. We're going to take a break right now. Um, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about who our guest is today. Isai, you've heard from him already. But we're going to crack into what is the mysterious and wonderful world that is career and college promise. And if you don't know what that is, stay tuned. And this is the Academia Nuts Podcast. Get your kids off the couch this summer and onto the campus of Randolph Community College. RCC Summer Camp kicks off in June and is offering something for everyone ages 8 to 14. Kids can make up their own video game, create an app, even design their own Minecraft mod. Plus, they can even learn to draw their own cartoon character and take classes in photography, poetry, and cosmetology, too. It's an armadillo adventure this summer at Randolph Community College. Call 336-633-0268 or visit randolph.edu for more info. Welcome back to the Academia Nuts podcast. We're speaking with Isai Robledo, Director of Educational Partnerships and Initiatives at RCC. Isai... Can you tell us a little bit about your history and what brought you to this illustrious yet wordy title? I'm going to give it my, my best shot, Chris. All right. Uh, I've been in education for roughly 11 years, and all 11 of those years I've been working directly with high school students. Um, I, I've enjoyed that. I've kind of found that that's a little bit of my calling. Uh, it's, it's amazing how much uh, a lot of these high school students, they really just need someone to take the time to help them because a lot of the employees at their schools are so overwhelmed with so many different things. And sometimes the family, friends, relatives at home are a little ill-equipped to kind of advise them as far as career and, and college planning. So that's what I've enjoyed, at least as far as, as, as the, the, the program. One of the other reasons that, that brought me here is because I am a product of education. So I really and truly believe in, in the power of education and how it can like not only transform you as an individual, but also transform like your family like light, like cycle, you know, so that way you're not continuing that, that, that cycle of, of, of poverty, but through education, you have a way to like break through and kind of shatter that, that cycle. So that's a little bit of, on, on the personal side as to how I ended up uh, within education. And, and as far as like the, the program career in college promise, what I love the most about it is that it, it's, it's tuition free college courses for high school students. Yeah. So it literally removes almost all of the barriers to, to accessing higher education. Because usually when you talk to high school students, that's the first thing they say is like, you know, my family can't afford for me to go to college. My family don't doesn't have like thousands of dollars saved up for me to go to college. And that's where I get to come in and say, well, it's okay because through this program, you don't need any of that. Like it's tuition free. And fortunately for the students here in Randolph County, all, all of the, the public school systems in this area cover their college textbooks. So it's, mm. It's 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 amazing. Win-win yeah. situation. It really is. It really is. And and so and with this, I mean, they're getting real college credit for this. I mean, this is this is like a, a no-brainer to me. I mean, the, these are like credits that uh, you know prepare you with you know for for employable opportunities or for university transfer options. I mean, you name it. Uh, it's it, it's really beneficial. And and we've had students do both. I mean, I've had one student in particular that. He enrolled in um, like a hands-on, a, a career technical pathway during 11th grade. 
And then in 12th grade, uh, did some college transfer courses because he knew he was going to Western Carolina and he couldn't come home every weekend for a job. So he used his automotive uh, certificate to kind of get him a part-time job after school nice. out there. Um, and then the college transfer saved his family like, so, you know, a couple of classes. Oh, man. So very, very beneficial. Success stories right here. Man. <laughs> and, and that's, but that's not all you do. You, you're also involved in some other things in your department there. You're also involved in recruiting and, and, and getting people interested in it. And, I'm, and I dare say that um, you've got a pretty good uh, audience of, or a population of people that to draw from. It, do you find your, uh, your students are coming a lot more from uh, high school to the community college now? I, th- I think so. Um, and, and again, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, just kind of educating the community. Uh, obviously, we kind of focus a little bit more uh, with high school students. But I think a lot of it has to do with educating them on what a community college is and what a community college can do for them. I think uh, a lot of my work over the years has been really just helping break the stigma of community colleges. And once students, at least sometimes through the Career and College Promise Program or just uh, you know, attending RCC after high school, I think once they kind of see the the financial benefits uh, of doing so, um, it kind of like speaks for itself. And and again, another reason is the fact that I have a significant amount of student loan debt, so I, I really speak to them from personal experience that they can wait. It costs money to go to school. <laughs> yes, <laughs> too much. Oh. So I've got a daughter, and uh, Felicia, you've got children. So uh, to me, that's looking like a really good option for my kid. Absolutely. <laughs> like, we talk about it all the time. Like, mm-hmm. All right. So you can go to community college for a couple of years and then eh, you transfer yeah, to you a- You can figure it yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. We're <clears throat> going right into the workplace. Especially those for co- first couple of years where people I change know. their major so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you're a product of, of education. I'm a product of a community college. I actually went to Randolph Community College uh, right out of high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I got done with, with high school and had no clue- uh, but they had the graphic design program here, and I thought, man, that, that sounds pretty cool. And, yeah, Sydney's over there pumping her fist, man. She's a graphic <laughs> design student right now. Uh, a little fun fact for you. Sydney Bartholo, our intern, was a CCP uh, College Promise student, right, Sid? Indeed. What are your fondest memories about that opportunity? I mean, the whole thing was great. Now, um, <laughs> I remember, like, the I signed up or like got registered like the day before classes started, which was really wild. I was like going back to being like impatient and kind of like chomping at the bit all the time. I was 16. I was almost a senior in high school. I was homeschooled, so it's weird. I was just really ready to like do something like that was going to get me somewhere. Just like being in the program and knowing that like I'm getting an opportunity that is not only like teaching me things I want to know right now, but it's going to help like in the future. You know, it was that whole just knowing that like the stuff I'm learning is like putting me above or putting me ahead I guess and like now I'm almost about to graduate the graphic design program and like without those classes it would have been like without taking those classes in high school it would have been so much harder to like take it all in at once I guess um and how old are you 18. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. 18, getting ready to graduate college, man. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Associate degree. Yeah. Honestly, I owe that literally to like the College and Career Promise program because I took, I don't know, from the time I was in there, I took three or four or five of like the important classes I had to take to graduate the graphic design program. So if I hadn't taken those and like gotten really immersed in it and really interested and just like dedicated to it, I probably, I don't know if I'd still be in the program. So, I mean, that, like, was a whole direction changer for 
for me. Were there any drawbacks to, to doing this? I mean, everything has like a downside or things that get like frustrating and annoying. Uh, there were points where I was just like, I don't, I don't understand this. It's frustrating. It's taking a long time. Yeah, as far as the classes go. Right. So like, it's, it's kind of like a higher level that you're, you have to kind of yeah. get used to. You know, I just wanted to be done like right now. I wanted to know everything, you know, thinking, oh, I'm not going to graduate until blah, blah, blah. Kind of was frustrating. And there were parts where I just like would get annoyed with whatever I was working on. But I think that when you focus on like a story Doc Shackerford tells all the time, when you focus on going from point A to getting to point B and then building up from there, when you make sure that your focus is where you're going and where you want to be, it's kind of like those little annoying bumps. Just they aren't like, you know, they don't disappear, but they become not as A little as easier rough. to manage. Yeah. 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 There you go. And for our listening audience, Dr. Shackelford is our RCC president who is a phenomenal speaker. And I hope he's listening to that right now so mm -hmm. I can uh, get some uh, brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dr. Shackelford. Yeah. Ooh. I feel like we've covered that pretty well. Let's, uh, let's take another break. And when we come back, our game master, Felicia, will be back with our quiz time in our segment that we like to call Let's Get Cracking. So. People keep asking me, what's so great about Randolph Community College? How about keeping more of your hard-earned money in your pocket? You don't gotta spend the next decade paying off those student loan debts. At RCC, you got time to figure out what you want to do and what you want to be. So you weren't the best student in high school. Forget about it. At RCC, you can improve yourself and your grades. Oh, and that idea that there's nothing to do outside of class? Come on, why not check out all RCC has to offer? Visit RCC online at randolph.edu. Uh, welcome back to the Academia Nuts podcast. We are getting ready to start our Let's Get Cracking segment where Mama Felicia pits us against each other in a quiz in which the winner may or may not win an outstanding prize. Felicia, take it yes, away. Yes, okay. I love that I'm Mama Felicia. Mama Fel Oh, and uh, I guess the rules of the game is yeah. we're kind of going with Price is Right rules. Is that right? Yeah, uh, let's do it. Whoever gets closest to the number gets the point. Uh, there might be some multiple choice in here, so... Yeah, it's go. kind of a free-for-all. Nice. But I, I, did, I tried not to make brawl. them too difficult I... for you guys. <laughs> okay. First question. Out of the more than 20 million college students in the U.S., how many attended two-year institutions last fall? Ooh. Now, we could do this as a multiple choice, or if anybody wants to kind of throw out a, a guess. How many? Out of 20 million? Out of 20 million. 20 million students... How many went to a two-year institution last fall? Correct. Oh, my gosh. Man. Um, I'm going to... Who wants to go first? A lot of numbers. I'd kind of like to do the multiple choice rap. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's I don't want to go at it blindly. Yeah. Multiple choice. I don't want to be like, phone way off. I'd be like, oh, 50? <laughs> <laughs> 50 out of the... 20 million. Uh, no, 50 million out of the oh, 20 okay. million. <laughs> okay. So your options are 10 million... Three million, oh, or seven million. Oh man, I'm going to say seven million. Okay, who else? I'm going to say ten million because I I have faith in in the community in the, college. Man, we all do. <laughs> I agree. I think I'm going to go with ten million. Ooh, that's going to look bad if I'm the low number here. <laughs> Actually, Chris, you were right. Yeah, <sighs> all right. It's uh, 
actually 7.2 million. Okay. And and again, this was from last fall. Well, maybe it's gone up to 10 million this fall. Maybe. maybe. Are, right? <laughs> Wishful thinking. Projecting. That's right. That's right. All, All right. right. Ready for the next one? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I promise I have not seen these questions. No, I told he hasn't. her to keep me completely in the dark on these. Yeah, okay. Okay, this <laughs> one is a true or false, okay? North Carolina has one of the largest community college systems in the country. Hmm. True or false? Those are oh. true. Sid? Lisa says true. You say? That's tough because you got Florida, Texas, California. I'm going to go with false. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, I'm confused, man. If you hadn't thrown out all those big states, I might have been like true. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say true. I'm gonna stick with North Carolina. I'm feeling feeling the faith, Sydney. Okay. It is true. Yeah. We have fifty-eight, and that makes us the third largest in the nation based on the number of colleges. Oh, very cool. Third okay. largest in the nation. Mm-hmm. You have number one and two, or is that no, I'm, I'm I don't. assuming it's like 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 you said. They don't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't matter. Okay. It matters. Okay. Now, this one, we could do uh, multiple choice if, if you so desire. Question is, the average age of a community college student in North Carolina is? I think I know. Go ahead and throw it out there. Can throw it out there. I want to say, say 25. Okay. All right. Let's say 28. I'm going to say 24. Actually, Isai, you are right on. Ooh, 28. 28? Yes. Man, brought home the gold on that one, Isai. Wow. Good job. All right. Is that it? No. Wow. Oh, there's more. I have two more. Oh, two more. Two more. All right. Now we're getting into the, okay. the power section. What percentage of those attending community college in North Carolina is first-generation students? Hmm, what percentage? What of- percentage of those attending community colleges in North Carolina, are first-generation students. Hmm. Sydney, you've been throwing them out there and pretty this, quickly. Again, it's percentage. I don't know percentage. I don't, do, you, do you want a multiple choice? I, I think we should try for I think we should shoot, shoot, shoot blind on this one. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say 30%. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 60. Ooh. Okay. Isai? I'm going to keep it in the middle and go 50. Okay. The actual number is 36. Oh. So while nobody got it. So closest to the pin. Spot on. Chris was closer. Yeah. I almost said a dollar. (laughs) A dollar? (laughs) One dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Showcase showdown. I'm going to say two (laughs) dollars. Okay. Last one. All right. And this one. Is this like double points? Could be. Could be. This is the, it's not exactly easy. The death round, fight to the death. That's right. Okay. When did North Carolina vote to initiate a system of state-supported community colleges? Oh, man. The state-supported system. State-supported. State so before supported. that, it was kind of local, community-supported. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, man. What, is this like a year? or? Yeah. 19... I'm going to go 1974. I like that number. Okay. I'm going to go with 72. Okay. Okay. Before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty yeah. much everything. Yeah. So. Sydney, you're only 18. <laughs> everything up to 2000? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 1977. Okay. 
The answer is 1957. Oh, Isai. So by default. Yeah. 1957. Wow. I don't know why I thought, uh, you know, I thought we were just locally supported longer until we... That's, uh, well, that's when the state voted. It okay. may not have been that everything was transitioned. Yeah. But, yeah, man. so they voted then. Oh, well, good. Wild. Man, what a great quiz, Felicia. Well, thank nice. you. Thank so you. who won? Let's see what we've got here. I'm already celebrating. That's got to be me. Chris, you won. Yeah. Ah, that's why you asked the question. It's my podcast. I get to win. What's your, what's your <laughs> he printed the question. prize? A high five? Yeah, I get a high five from all of you. Yeah, he gets you to leave. work with me. That's, that's his prize. That's the joy I yeah. get. That's right. Felicia says you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Especially since I saddled her with making the quiz. So See, there, there you go. go. All right. Well, guys, this is we're at the end of our show. You know, And what we like to do right now is talk a little bit about the things that we're nuts about. And things that we're just uh, really excited about these days. This can be anything from books to movies to TV shows to music, etc. Who wants to start it off? Sydney? So I have some people I am. I know who uh, have a band. It's kind of cryptic, man. Kind of <laughs> I have some people that I know. There's some people um, that I know. Hey. That you know, they got like this band. You I know, know them. They don't know me, so okay. uh, they no. Uh, they have a band called Victoria Victoria. Are you a stalker? And no, they're a good band, and I saw them play a few shows. Oh. Um, but they have a band called Victoria Victoria, and they just put out um, the new album. Well, not just a few months ago, but it's called Coastal Beast. It's on Spotify and iTunes, and it is incredible. Awesome. It is awesome. awesome, and I'm nuts about it. Victoria, and these are Victoria. these are local people. Yeah, they are. Local um, people. Yeah, some of them um, live in Ashboro. Some of them Winston Salem, but definitely local. Okay. Nice. Always like to support local talent. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. You Love see, it. you got anything you're nuts about these days? Um, I'm gonna stick with music. Uh, not local. Uh, one of my favorite bands right now is uh, kind of like an acronym O A R. Yeah, yeah. Of a revolution. Of a revolution. Yeah. yeah, they're a little bit of a jam band. Yeah, got and it. I, I really like their music because it's the kind of music that you can like listen to while you're at the beach or driving down a back road. It's just really chill, really mellow. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna kind of put you in a good mood. Sweet, nice. sweet. What you, Felicia? Well. As those who know me well know that I have a wide array of musical <laughs> tastes. And I really appreciated that before we started recording, Isai busted out with a Tupac uh, verse. So I'm, I'm going to change. Was off the record, right? Who is this a Tupac you mentioned? <laughs> I'm going to change gears and I'm going to go to TV. Okay. Um, I have been watching Feud, Betty and Joan. It's about uh, the feud that happened between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford oh. when they filmed the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Uh-huh. And it's from the producers of American Horror Story, right. oh, which I'm a big fan. Place, yeah. And they also did the uh, O.J. Simpson docudrama. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I have really enjoyed it. It's got Susan Sarandon and uh, Jessica Lange, and they are two amazing actresses anyway. Okay. But I didn't realize how how nasty it got. But also, as women in that age, that movie was filmed in 1962, they were at the end of their career and they had to fight teeth and nail just to get anything thrown their way. Men still ruled pretty much everything. And it was to see that portrayed in them and how defeated they felt 
really makes me appreciate the time I live in now. But it's well done. I do highly recommend it. And it's called Feud. Feud. What Betty channel is it on? Joan. It's FX. On FX. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing I'm not about. No. <laughs> what start, are you not about? <laughs> I am, I'm not about this, you know, see. Um, the things that I'm nuts about right now is, is actually reading. And I know that sounds like the geek answer to do, but um, <laughs> who, who is this guy? Sounds this like guy? one of those library posters. Yeah, hi, I like nuts reading. about reading. <laughs> I am nuts about reading. No, but I just, all right, so I finished the uh, Stephen King Gunslinger series, which is like seven or eight books. And so once I got finished with that, I was kind of like in a, in a lull. So in the past you know month, I've read, I think I read The Girl on the Train, yeah. and that was that Ooh. was pretty excellent. And then I'm reading another Stephen King book right now, uh, Finders Keepers, which is a, a trilogy of his. So, man, it's like I get home, and I, and rather than turning on the TV, I'm like, I think I'm just going to read for a little while. So, you know, that's that's the kind of thing I'm nuts about right now. But, you know, there's still plenty of other stuff. Uh, if I had to throw in a music one, I'm really crazy about Kings of Leon right now. I've been listening to their uh, album Walls uh, pretty much nonstop, and there's a song on there called Reverend, which is which is most excellent. So that's that's I kind of got a double one in there, snuck another one in. So now I have to have to really dig for the next one. I have to come up with on the next podcast. <laughs> so well, that pretty much does it for the Academia Nuts podcast. We'll try and make this a regular thing. So uh, check back and see what's new with us. Also, if you have any witty puns that revolve around the nut or legume family. Legume family. 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 That we can implement into the segments of our show. Send us an email to talk at academianuts.cc. That's T A L K at academia, A C A D E M I A N U T S dot CC. Ah, so from the Academia Nuts crew here at Randolph Community College, we'll cash you next time. Oh, nice. <laughs>